Welcome to Iconography, the original doll. I am your host, James Rodriguez. On this show, I unpackage music with the people who create it. And at the same time, we give back to charity. For more information, join me on the.original.doll on Instagram or go old school with the website, theoriginaldoll.com. Big shout out to my Patreon community. Because of you, we're able to keep this show going. As you all know, it does cost you all the researching, all the licensing, and so many things. So any support helps, theoriginaldoll.com. And as with every episode of The Original Doll, any audio recording ripping stealing is strictly prohibited in every country in the world. So if you see anything leaked, please report it. We're going to get on with the conversation with music producer Fight Ren about his work with the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC on a couple of Christmas songs, as well as Josh Schwartz talking about the Britney Spears Evergreen, My Only Wish This Year. Thank you so much. On with the show. I did have a question. We had Shelly, uh, James Rodriguez, please do a track-by-track commentary of the uber-talented maestro, Fight Ren. He made some of the best Christmas music since Mariah Carey. They are so nice. Can you ask him who said they wanted to make a Christmas album? How did that song come about? And how do you make a Christmas album after so many decades of great Christmas songs already out? Right, great, great, great questions. Wow. So, um... The Christmas album was all very interesting because I remember it was end of July when I get the call. Um, I think we want to do a Christmas album. I'm like, are you guys serious? You know how long this takes? <laughs> now we got three weeks. I said, no freaking way. So they stuck us in there. I literally slept at the studio for days because we had to knock this out in three weeks. There was uh, these guys coming in from New York, working in Studio A, these other guys from New York working in Studio B. I was working in Studio C. We were knocking this out. It was, it was, it was tough. And then right at the end, like I said earlier, we decided, hey, you know, all these people got songs on, we need to get a song on it. And uh, a Justin or I forget, Justin or JC had the idea for Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. Happy holiday. They had this idea and we're like, oh, okay. And we sat down and we wrote that and we added that right at the end. But all the other times, it was literally teams of producers and JC would sing here. Then he would have to go over to this other studio and sing this other song while I'm getting Justin over here. I mean, it was, it was crazy. It was craziness. Okay. But we did it. Something I wanted to talk about was simply this. Whenever the conversation of boy bands come up, people always want to roll their eyes or say they're not talented. And that's just factually inaccurate. Facts are facts. These boy bands have talent. And so I've chosen over the years to honor these greats because they work hard. There's a lot of people behind it. I always say it takes a village. 
So what I wanted to talk about was pointing out a little bit of this, the album, Home for Christmas. It was released November 10th of 1998. Now this is what's truly amazing. Within a year, it would be two times platinum in the United States. Mm-hmm. Two times platinum, over two million units, which is truly astonishing. And here's what we know. Now knowing it was only about three weeks for this album to be put together, they were still able to create a product that people wanted. Now, the other thing is, this, for those who aren't chart fans or anything, when I give these dates, you may say, wait, but you just said the album came out. Whenever albums come out or songs come out in the United States, Billboard charts reflects it a couple weeks later because they get all the information for that running week. So we're going from there. Home for Christmas peaked at number seven on November 28th, 1998. Okay, now this is what's amazing. It was number seven. And at number six was NSYNC's debut album, NSYNC, which was spending its 34th week on that chart, having peaked at number two. Now you may say, James, but what was number one at that time? Well, it was a powerhouse album. Alanis Morissette's supposed former infatuation junkie. And this is kind of what I like talking about is these are all being released at around the same time. So the competition itself was not just, you know, you might say, oh, was one boy band competitive sales-wise with another. You look at this and Alanis Morissette peaking at number one the week before and staying there second week and NSYNC was number six and number seven. The other thing that's amazing is Home for Christmas in January of 1999. Now, and Sinkers, this is fun facts you're going to love. In January of 1999, just a couple months after it was released, Home for Christmas peaked at number one on the top holiday album charts in the United States. And ultimately, it would stay on that chart cumulatively for 140 weeks. In addition, Home for Christmas on Billboard's Greatest of All Time top holiday albums would peak at number 26 in 2021. I want to point this out. This is an album that was released in the 90s, and it was still charting and having a chart impact decades later. So being on the greatest of all time top holiday albums at number 26, peaking there in 2021. Also, Home for Christmas would peak at number 15 on the vinyl album charts in 2027. And if we want to throw another number one, you know, ring out there for these guys, Home for Christmas would go number one for three weeks in 1999 on Billboard's catalog albums charts. This is the point of making art and music that connects with people. They were able to put together an album that not only had original songs, but also had a couple traditional songs. Now, the other thing is, if you're a fan of the Home for Christmas album. There are a couple songs that were co-written by Shelley Pikin. She's been a guest on the show. You go through and you kind of look to see, oh, who else was a part of this? It's an amazing collaborative group. We're going to hop to the radio facts. As many of you know, I do the research. Big shout out to my Patreon supporters. Because of you, I'm able to get all this research done. So if you want to join my Patreon and support the show, go to theoriginaldoll.com if you're loving these facts. Now here's what's amazing. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays had its U.S. radio debut November 20th, 1998. And the radio market that played it first, Nassau, Suffolk. Now, which radio station, which city, which market in the United States has given the most love to Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays in the past 25 years? That would be Cleveland, Ohio. So I want to ask you this. Let me know. Hit me up in the DMs or comments. What city were you in the first time you ever heard the song? 
Now, we can talk about the legacy of Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and facts are facts. In 2022, the song debuted on the streaming song charts in the United States at number 47. In 2013, it peaked at number 37 on the Billboard Holiday 100, spending a total of 55 weeks on that chart. On Billboard's Greatest of All Time, Holiday 100 songs, peaked at number 64 in 2021. I like pointing this out because oftentimes people think, oh, the album, it was just maybe hot for a second and no one cared about it. It was disposable music. I just like putting facts out there. The facts remain this album and the lead single, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, has legs, if you will. It was able to chart not only in the 90s, but in the 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. You don't get that if the song is not liked by a lot of people. You don't get that if there's not talent behind it. So when people want to minimize the impact of NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears for that matter, just go to the facts. People bought the album, people bought the music, people went to the concerts. What these groups and these artists were able to do should not be overlooked. And it's easy for people to say, oh, that's just a pop star, no talent, nothing. That's not the case. So I want to ask you this. What was your first, first ever boy band, single, or album that you ever bought? Let me know. Now we're going to get back to the show. Don't forget, join me on Instagram, the.original.doll. And if you're enjoying the content, please rate this on Apple Podcast and Spotify. I truly appreciate the support. I'm an independent person here putting these things out and just honoring so many greats. So all of your support truly means the most. I was able to ask Fight about Christmas Time by the Backstreet Boys, and I asked him how that came to be. We were actually recording that at Park Records. We were working on something else, and we were like, we need to do a Christmas song. And then we started doing it, because they'd never actually done a real Christmas album, have they? Like with original material, which was crazy. But this was the one song where, I, I, if I remember correctly, it was the original idea came from the, not from the engineer, Joe Smith. Um, but it was just like that sounds like a fake name, by the way, Joe Smith, like, like John. <laughs> uh, but it was just like a little chorus idea. And then we developed it right there. And so there was a bunch of writers on that because we were all kind of involved in that song. Um, and then we produced it right there. And then I mean, that's all I remember about it. Um, because it was Always cool that it was shocked. added on it was added on quit playing games with my heart like the christmas version of the single which i thought was right. the smartest thing to do because they never had a christmas album they never mm. had a christmas album you know it was so weird and fight is correct there would not be a backstreet boys christmas album not even any announcements until april of 2019 there was an announcement that said officially backstreet boys was going to release a christmas album by the end of the year then it got delayed. Then 2020, everything changed. Then it would continue to be delayed, officially being released in 2022. And the album, A Very Backstreet Christmas, would be top 10 in Canada, the Netherlands, Germany, Portugal, and the UK. Looking back on your time, we'll just say specifically with NSYNC, today, what is the one song that you'd say, hey, everyone, if you've never heard an NSYNC song that I worked on, start here. 
doesn't have to be your favorite or anything. My favorite, no, my favorite, absolutely without a doubt, is Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle All the Way. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle All the Way. Because we went R&B on that one. We didn't hold back. And JC is rolling all, and Justin is rolling. I, I love it. Girl, I love you. Girl, I love you, baby. Yes, I love you, baby. That's my song. I always say, and what I've talked about over the past several years is JC was a, and still is a special singer that has a skill set unlike no other you know who he first reminded me of hmm. kenny loggins when i first heard him i was like dang he has that kenny loggins range that was mm-hmm. the first thing that popped in my head because remember those uh, uh what was the big kenny loggins song uh um, the one from footloose yeah from footloose yeah pick up the it's way up there and that'd be nothing to JC. He'd be singing comfortably up there, right? I was like, dang, he's got that Kenny Loggins range, you know? So, but this goes shows our age. That's the problem. These young people, 100%. they don't know who Kenny Loggins is. <laughs> but they know Footloose, though. They should know Footloose, though. I said something about Michael McDonald. They're like, who's that? I was like, Michael Oh, Mc- my God. Kenny Loggins. I mean, Michael McDonald is definitely on my top three list of all-time best singers. <laughs> So, Fight, Ren, thank you so much for being here today. This was so much fun, and I know we're going to have you back on, so just be prepared. We have a lot more love coming your way. Anytime. This was fun, talking about the old times. (laughs) As we sit back, have a cigar, and I'm like, oh, this is great. (laughs) Rewinding back to my interview with Josh Schwartz about the creation of Britney Spears' Christmas song, My Only Wish This Year. Now, at this time, this is about seven years after Mariah Carey released Merry Christmas. And what was amazing is, up until Mariah Carey released Merry Christmas, so many recording artists prior to that would only release albums when their career was kind of, it already peaked, they were just keeping their name out there, their voice out there. So when you go back through in the 70s and 80s and early 90s, you'll see several artists releasing Christmas projects because they were either closing out of their contract deal, they needed to put a studio album out, or the record label said, you know, you still have some fans out there, let's give them some familial things. Let's give them some traditional songs with your voice. Mariah Carey changed that game. We all know what happened with that album. But it was almost seven years later that Britney Spears released her song, My Only Wish This Year, produced by KNS, who I've been fortunate enough to talk to Josh Schwartz several times about his other work with Britney Spears. This song would be included on Platinum Christmas on Jive Records. Now, this is important. Jive Records, the home of Britney Spears, and at this point, NSYNC, Steps, Backstreet Boys, R. Kelly, Joe, and more. But in addition, the album would feature songs by Whitney Houston, Tony Braxton, TLC, 
Santana, Dido, and Christina Aguilera. When you look at this album, you think, well, it was Jive Records. That makes sense that they would have Jive album artists on there. But they had some other artists on there, which is kind of awesome. And for those who received a different version of Platinum Christmas, the international one, there's an S Club 7 song on that one. And that would ultimately be written by Simon Ellis, who was Britney Spears' music director for the Circus Tour and the Femme Fatale Tour. And I went through almost track by track of that set list for both of those. So if you've seen either of those tours, check it out. Simon Ellis, icon. But I wanted to point this out because here is this album coming out, November 14th, 2000. This is well after Britney Spears released her second studio album, Oops, I Did It Again. What works for many of these artists is Britney Spears could be on a soundtrack or a jingle or a Christmas song and it not take away from the next project. It could be a one-off. So you weren't looking and going, oh, My Only Wish This Here is going to be the lead single from Britney Spears' next studio album. No, this kind of gave her that freedom to have fun, put something out there, keep her name and her voice in people's minds and ears. My Only Wish This Year would ultimately have its U.S. radio debut at a New Jersey radio station on November 23rd, 2000. And I looked through to see which city, which market in the United States has given the most love to this song. It would be Hudson Valley, New York. And second place, Fort Wayne, Indiana. I want to ask you this. When did you first ever hear that song? What city were you in? Let me know. But we're going to get right to this conversation about this because, as we learned, there were different lyrics originally for the song, and they had to be changed. And you'll find out why. Now on to the show. I think we were had a meeting about something else, like it might have been Aaron, and I was in the room with, uh, I want to say it might have been the president, it might have been Clive or Barry or one of the guys who ran the company. It was Clive Calder and Barry Weiss, the two main guys, right? And I vaguely remember one of them saying, we need a Christmas song for Britney. I can't remember if it was them or the public, one of the, somebody in publishing, could have been anybody. I think they said it was for a compilation. So yep. it's on that. It's on that yeah, it was, it was on Platinum Christmas. That was the original release, but it was released like 50 more times. It was released on, uh, now that's what I call Christmas. On the, and it sold like four or 5 million copies, it just kept, kept coming out. And I was like, wow, this is wild, this Christmas music stuff. Um, so they approached us, they just said, give us something really cool for Britney. And at the time, everything was like, you know, the instinct stuff and the Backstreet stuff. My buddy Andy wrote um, a bunch of the Christmas songs for Backstreet and sent great songs too. Um, like one more Christmas, don't want to spend one more Christmas without you. My buddy Andy, Andy Fromm, um, he wrote like Spanish Eyes for Backstreet. He wrote a lot of really great songs. The one thing I do remember without wasting your, your time, because I'll ramble, I, I kind of forgot Please, I, please. I love it. I remember when Brian and I said, let's, let's take a shot at this. Uh, I remember we said, let's unplug everything and get out of the studio. And I had an old upright piano in the dining room, in my old house, like 20 something years ago. And uh, we just sat there and we limited ourselves. We just cut the cord, you know, no guitars, no nothing, just the piano. And we said, let's kind of make it feel, let's kind of feel that Phil Spector, 60s Darlene Love, uh, all that old 60s stuff. So we just kind of like got into that character of, of style, you know, into that. That's what we went for when, when we, and that was, we feel we kind of nailed it. But lyrically, it was a sad song when we first wrote it. It wasn't My Only Wish, it was something else. Um, Cause I sang the demo and it wasn't those lyrics. We changed them like three times. You know, I remember the NR going, eh, it's a Christmas song. Come on guys, be cheerful. And I think it was like Santa, please don't break my heart or something. It wasn't Santa, that's my only wish. It was something totally different. And we rewrote it two or three times and then finally nailed it. I think I demoed it 
And then we flew out to LA to record it with Britney. And she loved it. And I remember meeting her. Uh, that was the first time I met her when we recorded that. I just remember like, she was super famous at the time and it was still weird for us. We're just these two dudes from a basement in New Jersey, right? So she walked in, she walked in <laughs> behind me. I heard her voice and I was like, oh God. Okay, don't screw this up, don't screw this up, don't screw this up. You know, like we're sitting at the console getting ready to record her. And uh, she had her, you know, that, that bucket hat she always wore back in those days, that adorable, she has my daughter, yeah. my daughter wears the hat, they're like back in style. Those awesome bucket hats, like in the, the bottom of my broken heart. And yeah. I hear her and she's like, hi y'all, how's everybody? You know, and I hear behind me like, oh my God, hey, what's up, you know? She, she was up all night recording the video for uh, Stronger, I think, or one of the cuts off the second album. So she's like, I haven't slept yet, y'all. So if you don't mind, can we just knock it out? I gotta go to bed. It was something like that. The music video that Josh is referring to is Stronger, which was recorded in October of 2000. So this lets you know how fast these things, as we talked about with Fight Ren, how fast these songs get produced, recorded, and released. Platinum Christmas would be released November 14th, 2000, and almost a week later, a week and a couple days, it would finally hit radio. So from the beginning of October, Britney recording her vocals, then it would hit shelves, and it would be going to radio within a matter of seven weeks, less than two months. So she's like, I haven't slept yet, y'all, so if you don't mind, can we just knock it out? I gotta go to bed. It was something like that. And uh, we worked for about three or four hours and she was just awesome. We, we took like Christmas lights out of storage, out of the studio storage and put them around. It oh wasn't Christmas, goodness. it was like- That's something that people don't yeah. get where it's like these, these Christmas albums are done so far ahead yeah. of time that you need to, cause I think Mariah Carey, they were just, Mariah was like, it was like 90 degrees outside. So we got like cheap 99 cent Christmas lights. The studio happened to have some. And I think it was the same studio that Sinatra recorded. It was one of the ones on the other side by the Hollywood sign, like way down by the hill there. You know, we wrapped the music stands and lights and um, God, I, I think Green Day was in the room next door at the time. It was just like a really weird, uh, I think like JJP was in there with them. He wanted to meet her. Everybody wanted to meet her. It was just so wild. They were coming up to us though. These guys that we saw as legends, <laughs> my Brian and I were just like, oh my God, Jack Joseph Puig, Green Day, or all these guys were like, they're like, hey, hey, is it cool? Is it cool if we say hi? I'm like, you, you guys are, you're you. <laughs> don't, don't make me the gatekeeper. I'm an idiot. You know, please don't do that to me. So, so it's just a weird, surreal thing, you know. So we recorded, and then we we went back to New York, finished it up. I can't remember anything else. We just put the song out. You know, we mixed it, and that was that. But it, it's. I wish she had done a video. I think it might have been a little bit more classic. Um, like Mariah's, you know? Well, and I think that to your point though, I think that it could have taken that song to a different level if it was given the full yeah. single treatment because what's great is it hit radio. It hit radio and it's hard to get on radio. Mm -hmm. Every year, my only wish just 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 keeps coming back every year. And it, you know, it, it's all over the place every Christmas, which is cool, 20 years down, down the road. A songwriter's dream is to write a Christmas song. You know, I've had a couple of Christmas songs, but uh, by far, I'm, I'm proud of that one. I wish we could have done things a little bit differently. I go back, I hear things and I cringe, and I'm like, oh, that would have been cool if it was this or that. But, you know, it, it was fun to do, and I'm glad it, I'm, you know, hearing it now, I hear it all over. I'm like, it's really wild. And I just kind of forget uh, that I did it. And for more Josh Schwartz, go through on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Scroll down, you'll see his name, you'll see songs he is connected to, including Willa Ford, I Want to Be Bad, Britney Spears Anticipating, Right Now Taste the Victory, so many others. And have no fear, we have more Britney Spears content coming very soon. We're going to be deep diving into some tracks from In the Zone, 
some tracks that were going to be on one album, then were put on another album, more of that later. But we'll also continue our love of boy bands with more NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. So I want to ask you this. Of all of the boy bands and the late 90s, 2000s artists, what song is your most listened to? Let me know in my DMs. Follow me on Instagram, the.original.dal. My name is James Rodriguez. I'll see you on the flip side.